presents I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue, the antidote to panel games. At the piano is Colin Sell, and your chairman is Humphrey Littleton. Hello and welcome to I'm Sorry I Haven't a Clue. And this week I can promise you another great battle of wits. Of wits. This week it's between <laughs> Tim Brooke Taylor and Willie Ruston on my right. <laughs> Graham Garden and Barry Pryor on my left. <laughs> and also please welcome our charming pneumatic scorer, Samantha. Oh, <laughs> different dress every programme. It's wonderful. <laughs> Here we have a round called crossbreeding. We're going to play a scientific round. It's called crossbreeding, as I've just said, and I shall want our four geneticists to put their heads together, preferably on the same neck, and come up with suggestions for some new hybrid creatures. Some new hybrid creatures. <laughs> or some new teeth. Who's going to start? <laughs> well, if you crossbred Terry Wogan and Hitler, you get someone who invades Poland three times a week. you... <laughs> <laughs> Crossed a hairdresser with Ian Botham, you get a clip joint. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Were you to cross the Home Secretary and Eric Morley, you get today Leon Britain, tomorrow Miss World. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it struck me that if you again crossed Terry Wogan with a parrot, you'd get Henry Kelly. <laughs> oh, you bitch. If you crossed Oliver Reed with a block of wood, it'd be incest. <laughs> <laughs> what a coincidence that he's in the audience. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just going to cross a yellow-breasted tit and Sir Geoffrey Howe. You'd have a double-breasted tit. Cross <laughs> <laughs> Margaret Thatcher at your peril. <laughs> Cross a length of tartan with a bag of flour and you get a self-raising kilt. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Sindon with a hen and you get ham and eggs. If you cross Lord Gary and a warthog, you get an Arts Council grunt. <laughs> okay, we'll go on to the point where I give our team's advance notice of the ball for which they'll be announcing late arrivals at the end of the program. This week I've chosen embassies, the embassies ball. Here's a round called loose ends. And I shall give our team some objects and I want to know what the connection is between them. We're going to start with you, Tim and Willie. Will you give me the connection between bacon and eggs? Easy. Tim? Bacon? <laughs> now, in, in, in acting circles, it is bad luck to say Hamlet. It is. If you say Hamlet, you have to be turned around three times in your dressing room and whistle extracts from Macbeth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so instead of saying so Hamlet... Hamlet was written by Sir Francis Bacon. And um, instead of saying Hamlet, you say... Omelette, Prince of Denmark. Yes. <laughs> now, or eggs for short. Eggs for short. Yes. That's what we say. Yes. I'm appearing in eggs next week in Stockton on Tees, you say. Yes. <laughs> so we reckon we've found a connection. You, you've cracked it. Yes. Oh. <laughs> Not very much in the spirit of things tonight. Oh, oh yes. A little well, yoke from the chairman. Give me a mark, Samantha. Right. Uh, Graham and Barry, I want you to give me the connection between dynasty and dung. 
pass. Pass what? Sure enough. <laughs> Joan Collins. Oh, well done. Joan Collins. Tom is Collins. A drink. Joan Collins, associated with a drink, and indeed is, is Tom Collins. Yes. But what other drinks? Bells. Bells? What do they sound like? <laughs> Dung. Yes. <laughs> Joan and Tom, lovely couple. Yes. Bells. Dung. Dung. <laughs> Case of the defence rest. <laughs> right. Tim and Willie, you do another one now, because you've got no opposition at the moment. <laughs> fish and chips. Yes. Michael Fish. Michael Fish. Michael Fish. Weather. Um, chips, computers, fairly recent computerisation of the weather. Silicon. Um, <laughs> silicon chips. Michael Fish had silicon chips. Get the fat to Joan Collins. <clears throat> Fish and Joan Collins and chips. Graham and Barry, chance to redeem yourselves now. What is the connection between little and large? Ah, Graham and Barry, really. Um, <laughs> no, that's, uh, no, that can't be right. I think we were nearer to it with Joan Collins. Ah, I've never been near to it with Joan Collins. <laughs> you stand alone. <laughs> Exactly. Um, um, we, where are we going? I don't think we can find a connection. I don't know. I think we, we're going to have to throw in the yes. towel. It's flowing like Vaseline at the moment. <laughs> the first interlude on radio. <laughs> I believe it's known technically as dead air. <laughs> or Bruce Forsyth. <laughs> okay, well, I have to award that uh, round to Graham and Barry for their ingenuity. <laughs> And go on to the next round, which is called Excuses. It's based on the game so popular with married couples, where the hell have you been, it's gone midnight. Someone I'm about to nominate will ask a searching question, the next person will make an excuse, the next will follow that excuse, and so on, until I press the buzzer. And you better, those of you listening at home, you always like to hear what the buzzer sounds like. There you are. And uh, we're going to start with Graham. Right. I accuse. What are you doing in the bath with my wife? The breaststroke. <laughs> but she can't swim. She can now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but why are you holding her like that? Because if I held her like this, you'd complain. <laughs> Hold hard, Silvertongue. <laughs> Why has she got that big grin on her face? I'm, uh, I'm teaching her synchronised swimming. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Oh, uh, I don't think you've met Duncan Goodhue. <laughs> Well done, Tim. You can start the next one. Uh, um, excuse me. Uh, excuse me, sir. Uh, what are you doing with that um, stocking over your head? I'm going to a fancy dress party as Lee and Britain. 
Uh, why then, sir, are you uh, holding that gun? Well, um, <laughs> I look so likely on Britain that I'm thinking of shooting myself. <laughs> <laughs> why then, if I may ask, are you carrying that bag? Not swag. S-W-A-G, those are my initials. Uh, might I just jot down your full name? <laughs> my full name is... Selwyn Whoops-A-Daisy-Gummer. <laughs> You don't look like the chairman of the Conservative Party to me, sir. Flattery will get you nowhere, I'll <laughs> And Barry, having leapt into the lead, takes the uh, game up now. Where you go, Barry? Excuse me, sir. Here <laughs> I am again. <laughs> Funny old world, isn't it? <laughs> Why are you... Walking round this park, opening your raincoat to passers-by. <laughs> I am a raincoat salesman, <laughs> demonstrating my wares, the um, easy-opening Acme raincoat. But you have got no clothes on under that raincoat. That is because I am a naughty raincoat salesman. <laughs> <laughs> You're a very naughty raincoat salesman, sir. Why, sir, have several women fallen down in a swoon? Ah. They would not have been overcome by the heat had they been wearing the easy opening Acme raincoat. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what now? What's that? <laughs> Oh, I don't think you've ever met Duncan. <laughs> it's time to check up on our score with Samantha. Oh, bless her. Oh, but mm. One each, eh? <laughs> <laughs> She's taking a bit of a time. It'd be quicker if you wrote it down instead of counting on your fingers, Ducky. <laughs> Anyway, we'll let you know the score in a few moments. We go on to the round called The Bad-Tempered Clavier. The aim of this round is to see how much of a song a team can sing when accompanied by a pianist who is tone-deaf and incompetent. In other words, Colin Self. Tim and Willie, it's your turn first. You will sing 76 trombones. Like the iron. There were a thousand reeds ringing up like weeds. There were horns 
of every shape and kind. Of the wonder symphony and hope to Thundering, thundering all along the way. Double bell, you only have to make the tune. Each tune is a Thundering, thundering louder than before. Clarity and to every side of the country, there's an improvisable lock and I am at the top. You're the most comfortable I've ever felt. Luxembourg, un point. Thank God we got Les Dawson next week. <laughs> Graham and Barry, now, will you please sing the one-note samba? Still they have a samba with a simple melody. Just a single note is sounded and repeated constantly. Well, my love is like that samba with that simple melody. Just one single steady feeling that's repeated constantly. That's the way my love is like the sun that up above is ever burning because of fire. I believe you never, for I know that you'll forever be returning. My desire, so my single note's the symbol of the love I have for you. And my single note's repeated, for my love is constant too. Yes, if ever I should leave you, I would cry a while and then I'd return to you, my true love, and I'd sing your note again. Unfortunately, Barry Cryer cheated there by putting his fingers in his ears. <laughs> so they don't, Graham and Barry don't win by quite the margin <laughs> that they would have done. Uh, Samantha's got the scores now. She's always scoring. They appear to be uh, Graham and Barry eight. We're going on now to <laughs> the favourite round of everybody's except mine. This one's called Tag Wrestling. I'm going to give each team the payoff of a story and I shall then start one of you off telling a story to fit your punchline. Then when I feel like it, I shall press my buzzer and a member from the opposing team will have to take up that story but make it fit his punchline or hers. <laughs> right. <laughs> Barry and Graham, here's your punchline. And the Prime Minister and the Bishop lived happily ever after. <laughs> Got that? Meanwhile, Tim and Willie, here's your punchline. The hippopotamus sat on the bishop and flattened his cassock. <laughs> okay, you've had longest to think, uh, Graham and Barry, so will you start towards your punchline now? Yes. I love you, Maggie, said the bishop. Um, why don't we run away together? That's a good idea, she said. And the prime minister and the bishop... <laughs> However, for the first time in our life, she changed her mind. <laughs> No U-turn did she do. Instead, she said, Hi, you, Bishop, to the zoo. And, and the Bishop, he did. And he thought, I will see the hippopotami. And he thought, there must be more to life than this. And his thoughts went back to Downing Street and the fair-haired goddess who awaited him there. Well, he jumped into a cab and went to Downing Street, where the most appalling assassination attempt was being made. And <laughs> the Prime Minister... Hippopotamuses were to be parachuted by <laughs> flying glider by Libyans. <laughs> and they were. Slowly they floated down towards Downing Street at that very moment. At that very moment, the bishop 
sensing what was about to happen, bundled the Prime Minister into a fast-moving taxi, and the pair of them scampered out of London town. However, he failed to tell the Bishop of Durham of his plans, who was also <laughs> at 10 Downing Street at the time, uh, ironing his cassock. Fortunately, this hippopotamus floated gently down on his parachute, sat on the bishop and flattened his house <laughs> We wish to apologise for an error in the last news bulletin. <laughs> the, uh, the bishop of Durham had made uh, his escape as the hippopotamus landed and was even now in his Sinclair C5 speeding <laughs> after Impossible. the retreating back of the... Well, Toddling up. As everyone knows, the C5 is a sitting duck for a falling hippopotamus. <laughs> and it was no small wonder that the hippopotamus sat on the bishop and flattened his cassock. <laughs> that, uh, that round goes to Willie there. And funnily enough, we have a round now which is called Swallowing the Sinclair C5. <laughs> it's another round in our contest to find the strangest man here. Sorry, that should mean the strongest man here. <laughs> I think I was right the first time. Anyway, their task is to eat a Sinclair C5. Will you start to eat teams now? <coughs> Can I take out Clive Sinclair, who is sitting in mine? For the business purposes, too late. The best bit. <laughs> Indigestible. Ah! Ah! Oh, I've got a wheel stuck to give it to you. That's the salt. Oh, yes. Finish! Uh, I've all these facts. Oh. As long as I left Billy Rush, I should be all right in the morning. There's a little bit left for Mr. Manners, I can see there, but we'll Not allow that. No, Willie Russell's the winner. Thank you. And he's roaring the world. <laughs> Willie Rushton's roaring away with this week's contest. <coughs> now, you've probably seen the television programme Call My Bluff. Well, we have an entertaining version of that game, and I shall want our team members now to define a word which I'll give them. I shall then guess which is the true definition. Already, teams, your word is politician. <laughs> politician. Let me, let me hear your definition, Barry Clark. It's It's Russian. Russian in origin. It's actually pronounced polit... Iceon. You see those members of the Politburo uh, on the May Day Parade, and they're looking very impassive. They've already died, but they still review the May Day Parade <laughs> in what we apparently think on our television sets is Red Square, but is actually a huge B-Jam centre. <laughs> and uh, they're removed immediately after the parade, taken downstairs to the great freezer, and replaced by another uh, Russian leader, usually bearing a label, best before 1987. <laughs> and uh, that, that is the origin, polit Isian, a mm. dead Russian. <laughs> Willie Rushton, what about your definition? Uh, this, is, this is an English phrase that dates back to the heyday of empire. It was actually a necessary qualification for those who sought work behind the bar in any British club or mess in the Far East. It was polite Asian. Um, it became over the years slurred, like Rotten Row, Rue de Roir, on every American Raffles Bar, the Snug of the Plinter, Chota Pegs, Gins and Tonics. It became polite Asian, it became politician. Okay, Graham, what about yours? The parrot is not one of nature's uh, gaudy dressers, as 
unscrupulous pet dealers would have us believe. In fact, most parrots are actually rather dull, grey or dun in colour. And so the habit uh, grew up of dyeing them in uh, many colours by these people who were sort of beauticians who work on parrots and are known as politicians. <laughs> uh, politician is somebody who makes a dyed parrot. Okay. Right, Tim. Uh, a politician in the diction you'll find is a, a liar, a fake, two-timing, double-crossing hypocrite and lover of nude women. The word uh, comes to us from, from Venice. Uh, Polly is, of course, of Greek, meaning many. Uh, Titian, <laughs> painter of uh, nude women. And um, <laughs> the Venetians uh, used to use the word because there were an, an, an usually large amount of fake Titians, and they were known on the Rialto as politicians. It's also a snub nosed toad. <laughs> Right, well, we've got four definitions there. There's, there's the Politburo and the Kremlin on ice. There's, uh, there's sort of imperial job qualification. There's the people who dye parrots. And there's Tim's, which sounded very, very convincing, which leads me to think that it might be a bluff. I think that it's the polite Asian. I think you're telling the truth, Willie Rushton. Will you show your card? Oh, no. Yeah. Who would have thought it? Who would have thought that? <laughs> <laughs> so can I see now, who gave the correct definition? <laughs> well, I never. Now then, we're going on... <laughs> We're going on to the pick-up song. In this round, one team starts singing a song and then stops on a word in the lyric. And the opposing team must then take up that word or the last syllable of that word and sing a different song starting with that word. Fascinating. <laughs> so we'll start with your team, Barry and Graham. Summertime and the living is easy. Fish are jumping. Willie. Drum and jet flap! <laughs> Go on. Finished. Oh, you finished. Flash. <laughs> flash. Graham. Flash. Bang. Wallop. What a picture. Click. What a picture. What a photograph. Graph. Graph. So the green, green graph of home. <laughs> yes, I think I'll accept the green, green, green graph. graph. Home. Home. Uh, home. 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 Range. Home. Up to antelope. Home. <laughs> home. <laughs> 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 Where the deer and the antelope. Lope, 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 Blows the wind merrily. No, southerly, southerly. Let me tell you, listening at home, the half-time score is <laughs> Graham and Barry three, Tim and Willie eight. Southerly six, six trombone. <laughs> And that masterly blow from Barry there uh, reverses the score. It's now Barry and Graham, eight, 
and Willie and Tim three. <laughs> and we go on now to where I sit back and ask the teams to uh, introduce the late arrivals at the Embassy's Ball. Who's going to start? Uh, there's the uh, Russian trader Tatchy, who's Tatchy. <laughs> He's a cat. I bought one of those the other day. <laughs> Russian trader Tatchy, who's under investigation. Vladimir Gotnik. <laughs> also, will you welcome, please, His Excellency, the Russian ambassador, Comrade G.B., and his wife, K.G.B., <laughs> known to her friends as the diplomatic bag. <laughs> Haven't got that over. Anybody wants a diplomatic bag? Consulate or embassy, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and will you welcome, please, Mr. and Mrs. Terry Attache and their daughter, Millie Terry Attache. <laughs> There's the drunken guitar playing Spanish delegate, Zigovia Carpet. <laughs> Here come the Matty Communities, and their insane son, Dippy Lou Matty Communities. <laughs> will you please lower yourself in a basin? <laughs> for a visitor from the Indian continent, the beturbaned Sikh Asylum. <laughs> from Africa, we welcome <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Barbwe and their son Jim Barbwe. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Ainge your P's and Q's, please, and their diplomatic advisor son, William Ainge P's and Q's. <laughs> oh, there's Miss Indonesia, known to us all, affectionately as the legation. And. <laughs> Miss America, the diplomatic boob. <laughs> There's Antigua and Bob Ados. <laughs> There's the Greek ambassador who's arrived by outboard motor. Yes. Spear off stuffing up and up and up and up and up and up. It's my job uh, on these occasions to bring the programme to an end before the teams actually disappear from view. So it's goodbye from all of them and from me. Till next time. Barry Fryer, Tim Brooks-Taylor, Graham Garden and Willie Rushton were being given silly things to do by Humphrey Littleton. Colin Sell setting some of them to music. The programme was produced by Paul Mayhew Archer. Always a hard act to follow, but it's five to one, and let's see if Michael Shaw can follow it from the London weather forecast.